what is that? G R A Y D O N? Sure. Whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. I like your enthusiasm. No, no, no. I, I, I never gave it any thought. I just pulled it out of my hair. My head. Your hair has some good names yeah, in it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that must be why it's so thick and luxurious. Yeah, oh, yeah. You haven't seen me lately. <laughs> oh, I haven't. No, let me keep my image of you, there, John. Don't, there you go. Don't, don't destroy my illusions. Yeah, that's it. In my world, you have beautiful, luxurious hair. Yeah. <laughs> A huge mane of hair. Glorious. Welcome to Crucible of Realms. I'm Jim. I'm John. And I'm Kent. And our guest today is John Weaver, also known as Scooter. Hello, sir. Hello. Welcome, sir. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a friend of Kent's in his gaming group for D&D on Wednesday. I've been a long time D&D and in general role player and gaming geek. Excellent. Those are all the qualifications <laughs> one needs on a show like this. Well, we're glad to have you join us. I'm and glad to be here. So... Uh, what kind of a thing do we want to do today? I think a Thieves' World theme was what we were looking for. Okay. Now, I unfortunately am not familiar with Thieves' World, so if you can tell me a little bit about kind of what we'd be aiming at. It's all contained within a single city, is that right? That's right. It's basically a small or I won't say a small city, but a large city that's very overcrowded and surrounded by a wall, and there's just a lot of interesting people that live there, and it's there was about ten books on it, and it's just about all the stories about the the different things that happen just to the different inhabitants of the city. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think we can totally do that. So uh, a kind of a walled city type thing. It always reminded me, did you ever read any of the Fritz Liber, Fafrid and the Grey Mouser? You know, that's on my list, but I haven't gotten mm-hmm. to it yet, sadly. It's, it's in sort of a vein. It's a medieval fantasy type thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to do this as medieval fantasy? Sure. And we haven't done any just sort of simple medieval fantasy type stuff, so that would be cool. Maybe we can just do like a big walled city that can be dropped into any sort of setting that's like that that might be good. Okay. So when we say big city, what kind of a population are we looking at? Are we looking at like hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, millions? What are we looking at? I got the impression it was around a hundred thousand, but that was just my impression. I don't. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, I would think I would think hundreds, low hundreds. It's a big okay. city by medieval standards. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Something up to the low hundreds of thousands. That's right. cool. So is this the world with magic? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Do we have, like, fantasy races here as well? Uh, Yes. We have the and... typical half-elf and things like that, but we can come up with our own races. But, yeah, there should be other races mm-hmm. involved. That way you get a cool gambit of different ideocracies. So if we were going to go with, say, three main races, I'm going to assume one of them is going to be human. What other two do we want to go with is like the three main that we'd be focusing on? Do we want to go like dwarves and elves, or do we want to go like I think like how, I think the, I think we need to go more. The dwarves and the elves are outside the walls. Is this a, like a purist thing? Is this no, uh, where no. it's like all human? No, I think I think there are other like there probably are half elves and maybe halflings, but the biggest portions. This is maybe it's a refugee city almost, or not necessarily a refugee, but it's a. This is where you go if you don't fit into those other non-human realms. Okay, so this is maybe a world in which the humans are kind of in the minority? 
Or oh, is, no, no. Uh, well, maybe on this continent. Maybe they are. Well, yeah, well, that's what I was wondering is because this would be like, you know where most fantasy settings have this big island where the elves live? Mm-hmm. And maybe there's this walled city where they've put all of the humans. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Maybe most of the humans are really on the other continent. Is it because there's a large non-human presence outside the walls that's threatening? Or they just want to sort of keep them there? Or uh, what do we want to say it is? Uh, there's got to be a threat out there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Uh, do, do you want to have it like this is like a human refuge on like, what, an orc continent or something? Or, uh, <laughs> or what about maybe a colony city? Colony. colony cities are good. Or even like a trade port on this city and this is the only... Basically, it's like the walls are there to keep the humans in, but it's the only place they can come to trade with this continent. Yeah, I'm not, okay. I, 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 yeah that's, that's a, interesting. So maybe yeah. it's like whoever's in charge on that part of the continent has very strict rules by which they will interact with that which comes from outside. And so that which comes from outside was allowed to build on this one spar of land. <laughs> and that which comes from outside, in this case, was humans. Does that sound good? Right. Yep. And they probably don't know how big this continent is. The people in the city only know there's probably some corridors some roads that lead to some of the other cities and they have limited access to yeah other realms inside this continent i'm actually thinking that, that this kind of is sounding a little bit to me like what happened in the black hills almost it could be something kind of like that with the the city of deadwood the outsiders came in because there was gold there and by the time they they couldn't get rid of them because there were too many of them right <laughs> and so they were saying okay you can be in deadwood but you're not allowed anywhere outside there you can mine in that area but that's it <laughs> yeah Right, yeah. I, I think that, yeah, there's definitely some... And so they'll be able to trade in the city. It won't be mining, yeah. of course. Yeah, They can yeah, trade, but... but they're not welcome to travel, you know? All, yeah. all, all these other races are going, look how many of them there are all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. And, and if, if elves really, I mean, realistically, they, don't, they can't mm-hmm. breathe that fast. Because if they did, living as long as they do, then yeah. they would overrun the world. So, And I think, yeah, I think, you, you know, it, it's one of those where the humans, maybe there are some, have been some attempts to move out and trade with others, but maybe they don't come back. Or if they come back, it's because they were escorted back. Yeah. They were yeah. marched back, that kind of thing. That's good. Okay. That's good. I like that. Do we want to say that these surrounding people in charge are elves, or do we want to go with something else? I like an elven component. Maybe they're bounded to the north, you know, a big wall of woods, of primeval woods, and maybe that's the realm of the elves, and maybe there are orcs on the plains. Okay. And I think I don't think it's just one race out there. Is this going to be like a port city, or is... Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, yeah port city. I was trying to think who it is that controls that part of the coast. Or is it disputed territory? Maybe that's what it was. There you go. I like that. Disputed territory. It was the overlap, and so they just kind of said, okay. So it was like both the elves and the orcs claimed it. And the dwarves. I think everybody fought over this area, and so somebody just decided, hey, let the humans have it. (laughs) They'll eat anything. Well, you see, the strange thing is, though, if that many factions fought over it, then there must be something cool there that they really wanted. Unless this was just a convenient place to fight. It could have been. Okay, well, if if we go with that, then uh, that would indicate that maybe it's a place where you can easily get around something. I'd say if it's it's on a coast, if it's like a port city, then maybe it's 
say there's something with the woods to the north where it's you can't penetrate them unless you sail around Ooh, okay. uh, to this area. Right. Or there are mountains or something and you can't go too far. Correct. Either. There's like maybe in most of the area there's like mountains between the forests and the plains. Right. Okay. And so we could say like the dwarves are in the mountains, the elves are in the forests, and the orcs are on the plains. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that, but there is this part of the land that's like a channel through. You know, if you take off in a boat and come around, then you have access to all three, basically. Right. Okay. Now, my other question is, why would they just let the humans have it mm-hmm. if it's strategically important? We can say that that's the case. We just need to come up with a reason. Maybe they had some sort of ceasefire or peace treaty that kind of declared this okay. neutral territory. Neutral yeah. territory in the... Okay, so let's say they, but, say they called a treaty, and after a while, the humans started showing up, and they figured, okay, well, this is a neutral territory. We'll let them We don't really here. technically have jurisdiction there, but mm-hmm. we have jurisdiction X amount you know, away from there, so you can build up to here and no further. Right. Yep. Something like that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I, w- I was just going to say something. A big city in our Earth, medieval, 100,000 was the very upper limit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we want to go with that or do we want to revise downward? For instance, London in medieval times was about 40,000 is what they're thinking. Wow. I didn't think it yeah. was that small. but oh, Yeah, well, it, yeah, it just depends on, uh, you know, in, in fantasy worlds we can play with it. but Crunch uh, the numbers, yeah. I yeah. say we leave it 100,000. I like fine. that. Okay. How about we say it tops out at a hundred thousand, say during trade season or whenever yeah. the the high the high season is. Yep, that works. And that gives us some nice potential threats on the outside. Those are good. So focusing on the city itself, most of the factions and things in the city, I'm assuming, are run by humans. So I'm thinking that we can just focus primarily on humans, and then if we want to throw in things with other races as individuals, we can do that. But I think for the default, we'll probably think about these as like human groups. However, we set it up. So. Port city, walled trade city, and what manner of person is in charge? Do we want to say this is a mayor, or do we want to say this is a... uh, I want to say it's a council with a mayor as the head, personally. Okay. Mm. We have a... An uh, elected council. Yeah, an elected Mm -hmm. council. Yeah. All right. Well, actually, for a council, I was thinking of maybe different human kingdoms overseas that have interest in the city. Ah, a trade council. Ooh, now that is a cool. Okay, that way you yeah. get, get different conflict between the, the members of the uh, council. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, okay. So they're not a, a very agreeable council. They're looking out for their own. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I would recommend then that any sort of mayor uh, or what have you would not necessarily be on the council, but would be like a figurehead. Correct. And all the real decisions are made by this trade council, basically, I guess I would call them. Well, maybe there's a city council, but the trade council's the real power behind. We could do that. They, uh, yeah, that's they a little complex, to... though. though. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be a council, a second council per se. We could just say that they have, like, there's a mayor and a sheriff, or a mayor and a whatever they want the head of the police to be called. Do they do noble titles in this city? For I the think... trade council or for the other group, if you want to for, call it? Uh, for people living here. I think titles here are for sale. Ooh, Ah, you're wealthy enough you can buy your title? Yeah. Yeah, very mercantile-based society. You buy your way up in rank, you know. The lowest just can't afford to buy off of being a serf or a basic workman kind of thing. 
Yes. So this is a uh, oligarchy. Is that the word I'm looking for? I think for? that may be it. That's what I was looking at, too. Well, that's, that's that just basically a power restriction, which it effectively rests with a small number of people. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good Oops. generic term for it. Yep. But, I, like. I think we can work with that. The richer you are, the more title and more respect you have. So then they would have basically lords and ladies and knights. I guess would they, uh, since it's a city, I don't know that they'd necessarily, they wouldn't really have baronies per se, because the way that baronies work is that you have a baron who supports a number of knights. Right. Um, However, you yes. could split the city into several sections, and that would be the rule-enforcing group. Ah, okay. Law enforcement. So it's broken up into things that are like baronies, almost. Correct. And so he has the title, but you know he's now the security guy, the guy that you pay off if you're wanting to, like, transport some black market stuff. Is this place at least in part a place of exile for nobles from, like, being the governor of Australia when it was a penal colony? Yeah, (laughs) you're governor, but you're governor of a big penal colony. (laughs) Yeah. I think, well, it depends on how on how well the city does, at this point in history anyway. If the city's not doing well, then it probably is. Uh, if the city is starting to do well, then people are going to be taking more interest in it. Actually, I kind of like the idea that it was that way at first, mm-hmm. that this was somewhere where they would exile you to work. Well, but I'm not talking that, about that it was a penal colony necessarily. Oh, no, not literally, no. But, but, the, but I the, don't mean literally exiled, but yeah, they would... Uh, they would they would send you to to do it, and they didn't think as much of it because they knew it would be hard for you. Right. But then, as time went on and it started turning more and more of a profit, then uh, more and more important people come to the city. Mm-hmm. Right. To do business and, and becomes more of a legitimate city rather than a a fr- uh, you know a, a group of thugs. Correct. Yep. See, I I also think. That maybe the humans' niche in this in this area is is that they are probably the only people that are real sailors. That that okay. you know, I can't I could see that you know the dwarfs just don't like to sail, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the and the you know the the orcs and the goblins probably maybe they don't have that level of technology. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see them having boats, but... Uh, Not like ocean-going boats is what I was going, you know. Something correct, it'll be coastal. Sea. Right, okay. it'll be coastal mainly. mainly. And, and, and the elves are like that, too. The elves would have a some sort of... To prevent the people from the city to spread outward, because we want them confined here. Right. Well, you know? but I, I just don't think that there are that many elves. I think that, the, that, the, that that might be one of the things, is that we just don't know... The humans don't know how many elves that there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're out there, and so I don't. I, I don't see the elves risking their prolonged lives doing that kind of stuff. So, mm. hmm. and well, maybe there are just very few elves, but nobody knows. Yeah, well, I can see them doing that. Yeah, concealing their numbers. Something that I'm curious about, though, is. What is the main source of trade here? What is it that they are trading? Mm. Interesting. There, yeah, there's got to be a reason for uh, them to be here. There's going to be spices. There's always spices. <laughs> Exotic spices, drugs. And now let us take a moment to avoid making Dune jokes. Uh, <laughs> ah, okay. And the cinnamon, come on, the spice routes, all that <laughs> stuff. Spice is good. Uh, um... 
How do you get spices? Yeah. You uh, you grow them, yes? Depends mm-hmm. on the spice, but yeah. You, do you mine them? <laughs> it depends on the spice, mostly. Yeah, there, are, there are people in the audience who know these things who are now yelling at their iPods. Leave us an um, iTunes review and we'll... <laughs> <laughs> You got the spices wrong. <laughs> you fool. I will never listen to you again. <laughs> well, I mean, some spices do come from Earth because, like, salt's from Earth. Uh-huh. So that's one. But I was also thinking maybe there's some kind of metal that the dwarves can mine that can only be gotten on this continent. Ooh. Okay. That would definitely. Yeah. And, okay. So, so maybe the dwarves do more trading with the humans than anyone else. And I can mm-hmm. totally see that because they would uh, they would be more about business, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> than, the, than the other two races. And I could see from the elves some kind of, to use a term from another book, sung wood or some kind of special wood that they can grow and naturally or, remove without harming the trees. Yeah. And silks, some sort of like, because their garb is usually always light mm-hmm. and frilly. Okay, so yeah. there are... So there are groups of dwarves and elves that come to uh, provide these wares for trade, yes? Mm-hmm. And in exchange, what do the humans give them? Mm. Yes. Obviously <laughs> there's gold. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Maybe there's maybe things like... Uh, tobacco. tobacco. <laughs> there you go, yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's in the human lands that they bring back that mm. uh, the dwarves or uh, elves or possibly orcs want? Yes. What do they want in return for their spices? Yeah, and I would assume it would be something small, light, but highly sought after. Yes. Prostitutes. No. <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> uh, maybe this. Maybe this. Uh, this continent is. Jim free doesn't have a lot of like gemstones and rare stones, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's possible. Or at least one of them That's stones. Uh, food stuff would probably be a hard thing to transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah gra- grain is possible, but it's. Uh, I mean, they they would have to have already been uh, for, for the that. I think that with food, they're probably that this place has been fairly self sufficient thus far. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, something that is produced in human lands. I was going to say, maybe over here they have a, they only have hard metals, such as steels and irons, and the humans have more of the soft metals, silvers, golds. So they have more mm-hmm. like the gold and the gemstones and things of that nature? Yeah, but they don't have a lot of the heavier, harder metals. Yeah, yeah. like iron and, well, yeah. They have small, smaller deposits over there, because evidently they're going to need it at least for boats and stuff. Well, there could be other spices. We're also forgetting that there's magic in this world. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something I think that might play into the special wood that might come from the elves. Maybe there, maybe are, there are magical metals here. And maybe there are magical metals. Maybe there are gems, and like, like you're talking about. That. What if that's a skill the humans have? They have a way of spelling gems to do things for them. And they trade these spelled gems like, here, I have a ruby of heating that you can use for cooking your food or uh, something. Okay. So they're basically coming and they're selling them toasters, essentially. <laughs> that well, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. The fantasy realm equivalent, where it, they've taken objects and they've enchanted them. Maybe they sell enchantments or different types of enchanted items. I mean, they so they'll sell all manner of things in this city. I, as far as like a major thing that people send over. I like it, the idea I, that there are certain types of gems or something that are sacred almost to 
the elves or the dwarves or maybe even the orcs, where mm-hmm. if you show up with this, maybe these are the souls of their ancestors or something like that. We can say it's gold. I mean, if we wanted to uh, to go that route. <laughs> but again, what's prevent to prevent them from just taking what they want? You know, I guess the trade is there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a neutral territory, and it's got that interesting distinction of having, if you as a person living on this continent, say, in the mountains, you're a dwarf in the mountains, and you want to take advantage of these people, and you want to just take their stuff, you have two other governments that are telling you you can't really do that because it's not your territory. Right. If, if, mm-hmm. you, if you were to bring an army to the gates, there would suddenly probably be three armies there. and So... Any sort of underhanded things you have to get up to, you have to be careful with. Uh, Any sort of violence you want to enact, you have to do it under the table. Yeah, the balance of terror kind of thing. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I think we've kind of figured out a little bit that it's uh, essentially they carry back special types of woods and metals and spices and humans bring over sort of enchanted items and their their brands of metals and their types of precious gems. Do we have enough to support a nice economy? I think that'll probably work. Okay. Right. And, yeah, there's also... Maybe the humans have a fishing fleet. Yeah, and that's true. And there's, you know, there's a foodstuff thing there yeah. going on. They bring forth these exotic fish from the human continent. A hundred thousand people is hard to feed on uh, no ter- you know, no land to support it. Well, I that's true. They have some land, but yeah, you're not gonna. Yeah. yeah. So let's actually think for a moment about how we want to divvy the city up here. You've got this trade council that's in charge, and then they have appointed one person to be over each borough or section mm-hmm. to enforce the law there, basically, and yep. to maintain peace and order and all that. And I assume that person can then hire deputies or what have you, guards. How many different kingdoms do we want involved in this trade council? Let's stick with a small number. Like four? <laughs> that's it's got One four. for each of us? <laughs> <laughs> We could, we could do that trick if you want. There you go. Yeah. That's <laughs> cool. Four kingdoms? Okay. Four. four. Four kingdoms it is. Shall we say that there are four main boroughs to the city? <laughs> sure. Why not? Yep. Just yep. make it that much easier? Okay. And a central marketplace. Yeah, that's exactly yes. what I was thinking. And a central hub that's like a marketplace. Good. With, Good. Yeah, and basically it has three roads going in, one from each yeah. group. Yeah, that works. Okay. So who wants to detail a kingdom first? I'll go first. I'll, I'll take it. Okay. I'll take the ring. Take the hit. <laughs> the realm that I would like to see is the realm for the the fishermen. Yeah. They have the sturdiest boats that can hold a lot of cargo as far as like whatever they pull out of the sea. Okay. They've been set up to, to do that. And so they have a lot of their access to the market is probably very quick so that the fish doesn't sit there on the dock and smell. Okay. And they won't have a lot of warehouses. Their wares will actually degrade the longer it sits out there. So they have some sort of fast cart access that goes right from the docks directly into the market. So you're defining one of the boroughs of the city then, I guess. Correct. It'd be the okay. the, the main wharf area. There can be an existing like couple more wharfs for the other people to land, but this is sure. the one that focuses on fishing and that particular barony that has the cool boats that can do that. Yeah. He has a flag. Okay. A uh, red flag with a blue sea at the bottom called the Fisher King. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. And uh, when you say this person, this is the person that's in charge of that borough then? Correct. Yep. So what kind of a kingdom do these fishermen come from? I would picture them more hardy in the sun. They wouldn't be the fair skin. Their skin would be very tanned, maybe very leathery. They're a very seaworthy people. Even their aristocrats have at one point served on a boat. 
it's a very working aristocrat society. And their dress and garb is more fashioned towards they don't do the the real frilly stuff. It's more fashioned if they were their life is on the boat. So their garb would portray that very tight fitting clothes, something that's not going to weigh them down, things like of that nature. Not a whole lot of jewelry. If the jewelry is there, it's all kind of like wood, like pendants and things like that. Stuff that will will not sink. So I'm kind of seeing if this were if it would be kind of like folks from the Mediterranean, more sort of medieval Mediterranean specifically rather than later on when they got into the frilly stuff. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Now, who wants to throw out another uh, kingdom slash district? Um, I will if nobody else is ready. All right, go ahead. Okay, uh, for my district, I think it's a smaller district, and it's from the people of the dust. They're, of course, a desert people. What they bring for trade, they're one of the primary gem dealers and enchanters, but what they call the gems, they consider them the, uh, the scales of the dragon is what they're bringing over. They believe that the gems that they get, that they're able to find in the desert, are the scales of an ancient race of dragons that are now dead, and through their magic are able to enchant them with powers. Their main interest over here is the silks due to where they stay. Now back home, are they kind of more like nomadic, or do they have sultanates, or are they more pharaonic? I would think of definitely more nomadic tribes, kind of. Okay. They move around just shifting through this, because there's no set place that they can find the gems or the or the scales of the dragon, so they just kind of move around, going from oasis to oasis, trying to find the scales, and just eke out a living. Okay, um, but evidently then they have enough power that they were able to get a seat on this trade council. Although actually, maybe they've been here for a long time, that's a thought too. Mm-hmm. If it started out as just, you know, anyone grabs something, then uh, that works. Okay. The district in the city that they would control, what is it like, or what is its thing? What is distinctive about it? Like I said, it's smaller, it's probably one of the ones farthest away from the water. It's probably the most run-down, temporary-looking one, because they're not big on permanent structures. Yeah. It's a city, so permanent structures are going to come up because the stuff's not going to cha- go anywhere. Yeah. But it's a very, you know, build on top of or build against other buildings. So it's not very organized, easily to get lost in. Yeah. So they got the Warrens or the slums, basically. <laughs> I could probably, yeah. They're definitely nomadic people, and they come here for a reason. They want to get the well, yeah. but they're not happy here, so it's definitely oh. not a happy place. I can see a lot of criminals hanging out there. I see a lot of cutthroat trade in that area, probably. Yeah. Maybe that's the part of the city where you go if you want to get something that you uh, can't get at the market mm-hmm. <laughs> that shouldn't be on the menu because it's not exactly legal. I see that working. John, do you want to go next, or do you want me to go next? No, I can go. I think that the realm, they're very much more the the barbarian kind of Almost. Okay. Uh, they're they're intelligent people. The people that didn't fit in in their world over there are the people, the higher intelligent people. The place where they come from, they model strength and combat ability and all those kind of things. And so if you can't make it there in, in that really very Darwinian world, being sent to this city or, or going to the city is sort of a, it's a chance not to have to live in that world. Um, okay. So I, I see that maybe the power structure, they've tried to kind of enforce that world, that rule over their section of the city, but very much they've become artisans and maybe enchanters and things like that in this city where if they were at home, they would be privates in the army. So when you're talking about barbarians, what... Uh I, I, how my, far uh, how far in are we uh, are we going into the barbarian no, trope? I, I, I guess we, barbarian uh, might be a they're much more militant okay um society these people are in exile they were they were the misfits oh. because they didn't 
fit into that military um, society. It's kind of like, what if Sparta made it into the Middle Ages? That kind of thing. Right. And if you didn't make it into the army, or if you were a disappointment in the army, maybe this is where they sent you. There was a real brain drain to this city from their city-state, or whatever you want to call the. So I think that there are an inordinate number of, of minor talents Almost everyone in their in their area are people that just didn't fit into any kind of martial situation, right. so they weren't valued there. But I take it then a lot of their culture would come out of stories and such about wars and con- right. conquests, right. stuff right. like and, that. And there's a real internal struggle amongst these people. And I could even see them trying to leech into some of these people probably want to go join one of these other districts and stuff like that. They're not interested yeah. in that rule. And so maybe there's an internal power structure kind of thing going on yeah. where whoever the head of that district is, is trying to rule it like he would back at home, but yeah. it's not working. It's like a lot of the people that end up coming there have gone soft for whatever reason. Right. What, well, from their yeah. point of view. Yeah, yeah. What would be their major trade item? I think that it's the enchantment. That kind of relatively so, low-level magic. So, so they had a lot of so they had a lot of wizards, or so say for example in this society they had like a, you know it's a militant society, but they had a lot of say you know if you were a wizard back home you'd be expected to be artillery essentially. Right, and they were um, never that good, but maybe they were good at creating the like fires, crafting or, things and uh, right. sort of making different types of musical instruments and different kinds of paintings and right. things of that nature, and they're able to actually weave magic into it. Right. And that can totally be a cultural thing, even in a militant society where the, where, where you go back to an early time when they had various battle chants and things of that nature. These sing-alongs and what have you that the story is woven through the song or through the pictures or however you depict it. You draw inspiration from that, and from that inspiration you, you actually gain some sort of mystical advantage. It's striking me as kind of like a combination between maybe if, like... You know kind of what happened when the when the Romans found out about the Greeks and they kind of adopted a lot of their ways? Right. I'm kind of thinking of it's like if the Germans had kind of adopted a lot of the ways of the Spartans. Right. And along with that, the Greek culture and such, instead of turning into Vikings, basically. Right. <laughs> the ones in the north. Do you have an idea, kind of picture in your head what these guys look like? Yeah, I had more of a, a Roman-looking uh, kind cool. of Mediterranean skin. Maybe it's a kingdom that's not far away from the Fisher Kingdom. What is their district like? Very regimented. It's a, it, where in other districts, the streets may have gone away from their original, you know, laid out precision. This one, all the streets are perfectly straight. It's very much the storefronts are all very generically, plainly the front cobblestone streets. Um, Cookie cutter. Everything yeah. looks the same. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that changes is the sign that hangs down from the same post. It's like a professional saying. military camp. Okay. An army base, maybe. Okay, and so I guess maybe a lot of the training for the people who defend the city and all that happened there. Does the city have a standing army, or is it that big, or do they just have the watch? I was thinking just the watch myself. Yeah, I think that they're one and the same, and then you sort of Mm -hmm. have to... Like, there's probably a standing rule that, hey, if we see a... An army yeah. coming up on the plains, uh, you know, near us. Then hey, and everybody actually, get your gun, you know. And now that I think about it, the city's probably not allowed to put together a standing army. Probably correct. Um, just by the terms of the of the, the agreement by which they live there, you can't have an army, but you can have a personal guard, quote yeah. unquote. <laughs> 
which can be up to a certain number of people. Post-World War One Germany, yes. There's a, a role-playing game called Houses of the Blooded that does that, where yeah. you're playing nobles at each other's throats, and you're not allowed to raise armies, but you can have personal guards, right. is what you call them. <laughs> Well, you know, you may happen to have hundreds of personal guards. <laughs> well, after World War One, Germany wasn't supposed to have yeah. battleships or anything, but they suddenly started making merchant ships that looked an awful lot like a destroyer. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know. <laughs> so. Nice. So that's interesting because you've got people that provide both... Uh, sort of a military side and an artistic side to things. They do a lot of the enchantments and such. So right. They're not really happy about being... Most of the people there are not really keen on the military. There's probably a large... There's a large minority there that probably do, but as a general rule, they don't... And this is not an exile to them, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Most of these people, anyway. And so the All fourth right. one... Yes, I uh, I have to think of a thing now. I've had uh, I've had a number of things spinning through my head as possibilities. I think it needs to be a side that's fairly built up. I want to put in a society that's you know, people that come from a society that's got a very long tradition. They have military, but it's not as militaristic. They're more kind of they they place a lot of importance on appearance and sort of a chivalric code and mores of behavior, that kind of thing. So these are the people who are trying to be the bastion of what is right and good. Ah. Um whether that is in fact the case or not remains to be seen. <laughs> Because kind of like with some of the other societies, the cast-offs were the ones who initially came here. So really, over here in the city, it's more about the veneer than it is about (laughs) the actual goodness itself. I kind of want to say that I'm basing this sort of on a... uh, It's kind of like they're Celts, but built up over a long period of time, if that makes sense. They're very much into working with things with their hands, and they uh, have very specific ways of doing things. They have a very highly developed language over a period of time, very, very specific customs. And, uh, you know, they left the whole put a person into a wicker man and burn it type thing behind years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. If we wanted an Earth analog, it would be kind of like Britannia around the time of King Arthur type deal, essentially. It's essentially that kind of society where it's like, no, really, we're good people and we're going to prove it this time type thing. So they're they're getting into that whole thing with chivalry and courtly love and things of that nature. So the ones that would have ended up over in these lands would have been probably largely exiled nobility. And again, not exiled. I keep using the word exiled, but least favored nobility probably were the ones who ended up initially in the city, depending and we need to decide how long the city's been here. But so these are people who came here initially expecting to be in charge. And it turns out they had to fight and trade with the other three factions. (laughs) And now it's gotten to the point that they have entered into a web of agreements to save face, essentially, and keep themselves looking a certain way as, you know, it's like they are the best at X or Y. But in fact, it's all held up with a very weak support because when it gets down to it, they're the same as everyone else. Um, So it's the the we are better than you society. Over here it is, at least. And is what people kind of, I think, think of them as. Back home, they actually do look like bastions of morality, but uh, <laughs> over here, not so much. Let's see. Their main export is smugness. No, no, wait, that's wrong. Smug. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, you can't really sell that very well. Actually, I'll tell you what their main export is, probably. Religion. Ooh. They, they have the old nature gods that they were following that they built up a church to, and they brought it over, and it kind of seeped in and is very much a big part of their district. So their district, I can see, as being kind of like a church district. 
really, more than anything else. And yes, they also have, you know, centers of culture, theater, and such like that, but really you find more of that in, in the militant district, strangely enough, <laughs> than you do in, in the church district. What you find a lot of in this district are things like literature and things going back ages and monks copying books late into the night, that kind of thing. Does that sound good? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's essentially almost a theocracy back home, but they do have a king, but the king is also head of the church type thing. And so the person that they put in charge over here might even also be the bishop. <laughs> the but, bishop. Duh. Yes, the bishop of the city or archbishop. But it's 100,000 people. It would probably be archbishop. It was too bad um, to save Father Francis. They have sort of more access to divinely magical things, so they have healing arts and stuff like that. They probably had some access to some of the types of metals that they don't have over here. So maybe they have folks that do that. They have some miners. Some of the metals that would be more obscure over here, they have over there. And various other means of divinely enchanting things. So those are our four kingdoms and our four districts. Mm -hmm. Is there any major kind of opposition that comes up in the city? What kind of things do we want to throw in here that might make the city an interesting and dangerous place to exist? Well, there's international rivalries that are playing out in the city. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's something where they'll have people that they hire to do things on the side, both inside and out, and that's great. Are there any groups that have come up in opposition to these four main groups? I could see a movement of people that are wanting to almost declare independence for the city, just to break okay. down all the barriers and say, we're all over here. Why are we perpetuating all these stereotypes from the old world, so to speak? I think that as with most port towns and trading towns that we do obviously have probably several active, powerful underworld groups. You know, yeah, Thieves Guild. Okay. We probably have some necromancers, probably people trafficking in the dark arts. Very cool. I actually like the idea of there being a powerful underworld that's kind of led by necromancers. I was just thinking, yeah, and maybe there's something, again, on here that amplifies power or helps the necromantic arts that they can't get back on the other continent, and it's yeah. something they have yeah. to smuggle back. Maybe this was the killing field for so long. Oh, yes. They would have fought in this area for a long time, so there are probably battlefields out and around, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of energy they can probably get from that, and, of course, corpses, relics, stuff like that. So plenty of places to explore. But maybe maybe there is some hidden power that drew people to fight here. The city's actually built that's on not... top of something Ooh, okay. much bigger. And so maybe there's something that's influencing them, even to this day, to right. try to move toward conflict, which is great because they're totally not allowed to do conflict in a formal way. So that makes for something very interesting. What kind of thing would we like that to be? Is this coastal area cursed, or uh, is, is there like a, a great old one sleeping underneath it? Or uh, <laughs> I, think, I also think that there's some sort of, and it's a building power. Maybe the orcs come here, you know, and if you could map out how long it happened, you could see the frequency. Oh, the orcs raise armies, and every 30 or 40 years, they come swinging across the plains to attack. Yeah, it's like they have to fight there. Yeah, something draws them there. <laughs> every now and then, yeah. And, it, and so it's maybe. been, maybe it's every hundred years, and so the humans yeah. haven't been here that long. And okay. so we're headed to that point. Like an elf contingent comes down to the city, oh yes, and watch out for the orc attack. What? <laughs> every hundred years they attack, you may want to prepare yourselves. But I thought you had a treaty. Oh, we wrote that in. We, we withdraw our forces during that time so that they can have a good thrash about and uh, 
As long as they don't come near our borders, we're fine. Uh, and as it happens, there's a city in their way, so that'll be less of a problem for us this century. Right. Usually they'll <laughs> sweep into our forests, and we, you know, we eventually beat them that back. Is... But now they've got some place to come and besiege. Uh, see, that is wonderful because the elves and the dwarves, both being long-lived, totally screwed over the humans in this arrangement. Right. Because <laughs> they knew it was coming. <laughs> and we're nice. in year 98 or something like that. Yeah. Somebody's just figured it out or something. Is it something where the orcs all suddenly are possessed every hundred years or uh, is it like an old religious thing for them? I would think religious and just off the coast is some small island where maybe they come down here, they come to the coast, say their shamans go out to the island to pray to the gods because there's some holy rock or something there. And then after they say the prayer, yeah. before they go up to attack either, that's where they go to decide, okay, we're going north to the elves or south to the dwarves. Or maybe they just come here because and they use that island because there are many different tribes. And if all their leaders go to the island, they know they're, quote unquote, safe from being mobbed from another clan. Okay, so maybe it's like their deity or deities. Somehow they come into a closer place, cosmologically speaking, and they have to be on that spot. They have to be in that area to really commune with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, every hundred years. And maybe it's just a little island in the bay there yeah. next to the city. I, I have a feeling the orcs probably didn't really have much of a say in the agreement that was drawn up. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or they were just like, ah, fine, we'll just kill them in a few years when that happens. <laughs> it's not going to be my problem. It'll be my grandson's problem. <laughs> well, yeah, if you assume that maybe the orcs have a very short life cycle. Yeah, that's what kind of what I was thinking. Maybe they're 20 years or something like that, and they just... So that's five generations from now, so, you know. Yeah, so it's like, do you agree to this? And it's like, oh, well, there, there will be conflict there. We will give you a warning. Actually, I like that idea that maybe a few orcs, that not many, but a few orcs that actually will trade with the humans, probably have been warning them. By the way, we have something coming up. You need to think about it. (laughs) Put this on your calendars. uh, And it's only just now that people are starting to figure it out and listen to them. Well, yeah, I I think that there's people that believe it, and then there are other people that don't, because they're just way over there. And And, uh, I can totally see the theocracy being staunchly against this happening. And it it would be so counter to the, the, the order the yeah. kind of structure of, of the yeah. world that and the more militaristic, the militaristic people yeah. that they don't believe it. You know, it's like, yeah, I like this. I like this a lot. Maybe this planet has multiple suns or multiple moons and there's a conjunction that only happens like every hundred years. Yeah, I was thinking something with the stars. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some sort of thing that happens and they have to be there or bad things happen to the world. There's your conjunction and basically it causes a lowering of the water in the bay, which maybe opens up a path to this island for Ooh. them. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. You get a land yeah. bridge. So and it's at some sort of double full moon or triple full moon. Maybe there are three they're moons. They're like... There are like maybe a few ruins on the island from uh, old orcish buildings that have were, were fairly primitive at the time still, but you know have been around for a long time. They go and they worship there. They go in and they they renew their power. Okay, how long has the city been here? Do we want to say it's been less than a hundred years? But yep. uh, about how long ago do we want to say that they started settling here? Ninety nine years. Why? Why not? <laughs> it happened right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, People on the boat, first boats, boats were like, hey, why are those orcs packing up and leaving? I don't know. There's <laughs> <laughs> an orc horde on, uh, you know, yeah, moving away as they pull into the bay. <laughs> uh, probably nothing. Uh, they better watch it. There they orcs saw here. us coming and they just ran away. That's That's it. right. <laughs> they were obviously cowed at our might. <laughs>
Okay. So about 99 years ago. Right. We can say that, you know, the conjunction is just about to happen. About 99 years ago is when the humans showed up. Um, About how long ago do we want to say that the treaty happened between the elves, the dwarves, and the orcs? What do you think, after 20 years of fighting, they'd have a treaty? I mean, they could have battled over the area over hundreds of years, right? really, before they got to the point they decided, okay, we want this to stop. Trying to think about how long ago, prior to the city being founded, the treaty to have been established. Maybe the treaty would have happened, say, 200 years ago. 200, 300 years. It's something where they're actually, they're used to the orcs coming out and thrashing about every hundred years, and they wrote that into the treaty. Yeah, so I could see a couple hundred years ago, they kind of carved off this area as kind of the buffer zone between their kingdom. Okay. Are there any other points of interest in the city we want to throw in there? Because we've got essentially these five districts, four of them directly under each of these four representatives, Mm -hmm. and then the market district. I was going to say the wall, I expect, would probably be a fairly hefty wall if they're planning on, even every hundred years, holding off a orc invasion. They might not be planning on it, but <laughs> but still, they might have been doing it just as a precaution against... Oh, yeah, I'm you know, sure there's, out there. there are raiders and there are other monsters out in the yeah. world. They could have a pretty sturdy, thick wall. I think that oh, yeah. there are leviathans mm. out there Ooh. in the water. Probably it's not a threat to... People, to the city directly, the city but, directly they can, but, but yeah. they can navigate it. Right, and, and maybe the humans have the trick. They've figured out some yeah. method of calming They found them. the path through right. to uh, deal with the leviathans. Right, and that may be the reason that the other... The other races haven't, haven't, <laughs> haven't explored that far. Right. Cool. That's good. I like it. Yeah, it's. I can only see the orcs having agreed to the treaty in the first place if they had been allowed to go there every hundred years. Yeah, so... Um, and and then the agreement as far as the city goes there, maybe the orcs really had very little part in that. And they were like, yeah, fine, build there if you like. We're coming in a while. <laughs> and five generations will be here. Yeah. yeah. And people were like, yeah, sure, whatever. Ha, ha, ha. They had no idea what they meant. But yeah, so I can see thick walls and maybe even certain buildings and, and things built into the walls. I think there are half-elves. But, you know, if, if Star Trek has proved anything to us, that humans will sleep with anything that moves. So That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. So there are probably Tell half elves, how to, uh, and uh, I don't know, is it Mull, the half-dwarves? Half-dwarves? Uh, um, yeah, in D&D's Dark Sun setting, they do have half-dwarves that they call moles or mules, or mules, depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, we could have half-dwarves if we want, sure. Yeah, I think that there's some... This is almost a refuge city. So maybe the outcasts from these other civilizations that actually live on this continent will come there as well. Right. So you might have, living in that sort of dust district, elven cast off in half-elven slums, and dwarven cast off in half-dwarven slums, and orcs and half-orcs and things of that nature. Do we have elven ambassadors and dwarven ambassadors in I the city? Pro- hmm. I wouldn't I think say... We could. I, Maybe. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use ambassadors, I'd use ambassador, a single or a charge d'affaires, or whatever they call it. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, there might be like one each. Yeah, I don't... Um, you probably see more dwarves in the city than you ever see elves, as far as ambassadors go, anyway. Officially, you probably only ever see one elf come down to do business for the elves in the city. Any other elves that you see in the city are probably cast-offs, or there for their own personal reasons. Dwarves you probably see in the city more just as a thing where they're, you know, they're, they're doing business. Because the dwarves as a race probably do business more down there. Ah, D&D racism. Um, <laughs> the dwarves' kingdom probably does more business officially there than the elves' kingdom, in the way that we're talking about it. 
Right. right. I can see the possibility of multiple Dwarven ambassadors, but uh, only one elf ambassador, and you probably don't hear a lot out of them. Yep, he doesn't have much to say. He, but if it, he's there on any regular basis, he may not be. He may just like be a Charst affair, where he shows yeah. up by treaty one day every three months and then is gone. Yeah. Uh, and for I, the... Uh, I totally see some magic hops. <laughs> magic hops? For beer. Yeah. To sell to I the support dwarf. this idea. <laughs> Yes, yes. And then I can see the orcs probably don't have an ambassador who's there officially, but they might have... For some reason, I can see, like, one old orc shaman living there trying to warn people about things and not being yeah. listened to. <laughs> I think he lives on the wharves. There you go. In, yeah. Inside of that island. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So it's like, hey, he's a crazy old orc out there. You don't want to mess and, with him. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and things happen to people that mess with the island. Yeah. There's probably some assassins or something... Maybe some orcish assassins. Are these orcish assassins that are living in the city, basically, that uh, they're trying to... Uh... Maybe they're half-orcs. Okay. And, and maybe, that yeah, they're just prepared to smooth the way, so to speak. You know. Are these guys working with this orc shaman, or yeah, are I they think so. I think, independent? No, I think they work for them. Okay, so he's a bad guy, then. <laughs> After his fashion, yeah, I mean, but... All orcs are bad guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Casual <laughs> fantasy racism. Well, you know, I was just—I I was thinking that the the the, uh, the shaman was trying to warn people and such, but maybe it's just getting to the point. It's like, okay, they're not listening. We'll start killing people off. Maybe they're preparing when the hordes show up. They're prepared to maybe decapitate the humans. Yeah, they're executioners. Something like that. As yeah. It were. yeah, executioner type assassins. Maybe one more general question, just about the city. Is there a guild system in place? I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think we need to name all the guilds or anything like that. I think, you know, just each industry has a guild, mm-hmm. um, and they probably work with the council and all that to a certain extent, and then also with the underworld. Are there any other major points of interest about the city or other things we want to throw in before we start naming stuff? No. Scooter, this was your world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing, that, other thing that's been kind of floating around was I was thinking about, like, a currency. Thinking maybe, like, shares in stuff going back is what you earn. Oh, cool. Ooh. So you get shares on the boats. Yeah. Yeah. It's something where you can have a certain amount of things that are your, your sponsored cargo that's going back. And then if you're actually on the boats, you can also have some portion of ownership. It just depends. There's yeah, probably but... a piracy smuggler kind of element in the city as well. Oh, yes. Probably plenty of pirates and smugglers out there. <laughs> all right. Let's start naming things. The district where the fisher folk and all that gets done. What, what are we calling that district? Is that going to be like the docks? I kind of like, I'm more inclined to do the wharf type thing. The wharf. I the, would, uh, yeah, I like to so just call it the wharf. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. Let's call that whole thing the wharf. Yep. All right. W-H-A-R-F. The person who is in charge of the wharf, I guess we should come up with a name for that title. Is it a sheriff? Is it a baron? Is it, What is it? It's a, a captain? A, uh... I like captain. Okay. So we want to call them captains of the districts? Yep. The captain who also goes by the moniker of the Fisher King, uh, who is the captain of that district. What do we want to call him? Mediterranean in origin. We could go with Greek or we can go with North African. We can go with a number of different <laughs> standards for that. And now the Googling begins. Yes, the Googling. <laughs> Lucas. That is first name? First name, yep. First name. And Lucas Darius. Lucas. Ooh, that sounds good. Lucas Darius. Darius. Mm-hmm. Darius, yeah. That was a military leader. So, Captain Lucas Darius. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the name of the 
council member, the trade council member, who is essentially his master, his boss. Right, the one that would probably go back to the mainland all the yeah. time. Yeah, um, the, the, uh, the emissary from the kingdom. Yeah. Counselor. Yeah. Cyrus. Ooh, that sounds good. Yep. Cyrus? Mm-hmm. Okay. What would his last name be? See, he's the emissary. Yeah, so he's probably like a lord or something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't know if he really would use, if they'd use the title or not, but they might. I think they would. I think he would want that, you know, as yeah. he's pretty pretentious, I see him being. Okay. <clears throat> so Lord Cyrus something. Palamara. Ooh, now I like that one. Southern Italian and Greek, occupational name for a sailor. There you go. <laughs> sure. Palamara. Palamara, yep. Okay, that is P-A-L-A-M-A-R-A. Cool. All right, that's Lord Cyrus Palamara. What is the name of the kingdom from which he hails? Actually, I've still got the Greek surnames up here if you want to use one of those, or if you want to morph one of those. <laughs> you just want to give me some letters and we can play with them if you want to go that route, or if you've got anything, something over. Anything starting with an F? An F. Yep. Let's see. Phaedrus. Ooh, I like that. Of course, in Greek, that's PH, but I mean, we can mm-hmm. reposition it if we want. Oh, no. I, uh, we can keep the PH. You, you want to keep the PH? Yeah, yeah. Phaedrus is... Okay, do we want to use the Greek form? It's P-H-A-I-D-R-O-S. Yes, I like that. Okay, it means bright. Yeah, bright. Okay. Cool. It's also the name of a 5th century B.C. Greek philosopher. Mm. Kingdom of Phaedrus. All right. Now, we move to the dust district. Yeah. Uh, the district with the dust people. What do they kind of call that district? I don't think they would come up with a name for it. Cause right, well, I mean, when someone in the city says, I'm going to X. Yeah, it'd probably be what, Shantytown. What? Or shanty. the slums. Ooh. Yeah, the slums, the shanty. Shantytown. Or the dredges. Ooh, the dredges is good. Mm-hmm. Hooverville. <laughs> <laughs> yes, President Hoover has reached even into this dimension. We can always call it Dyson. <laughs> it's spherical. <laughs> I was thinking of the Dyson vacuum cleaners. Uh, <laughs> Hoover. <laughs> That's it. To the thesaurus. Hang on. I could see it being one of the few places that are actually like only one-story buildings. Yeah. I'm sure everything else has grown taller as more and more people have shown up, and they can't expand out. Maybe Let's see. Something like the Lowe's. Oh, going to the Lowe's? Yeah, because every, every other house is at least – a building in the town is at least two stories, and the Lowe's, all the building are only one story. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Okay. Do we like the lows? Mm-hmm. Sure. And we must be careful not to add an E on the end, or they will go there for construction equipment. One um, way to get them there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Come to the lows. Oh, yes, I needed a drill. No! <laughs> this is just a bunch of tents. No, okay. <laughs> the captain of that, <laughs> if we even want to call him a captain, of that district. Who is this person? Uh, I found a name, uh, Stilgar, S-T-I-L-G-A-R. Yeah. yeah. From, again, from Dune. Dune. Yep. Yeah. It's only that yeah, I can think of not, names. That name is from Dune, but it's not one of the major... I, I think that name actually... There there are people who have that name, so I think that could work. Sure. I, I don't mind using Stilgar. You know, it's not like we're calling him, like, say, Atreides or anything like that. Yeah, okay. uh, is that first name or last name? I'd say first name because it's probably they share like a a tribe last name, so we probably have to come up for whatever tribe he's from. Okay. Um now is he a um Stilgar of, is, he a, is he a sultan or something? Yeah, Did I we mean, determine it was a sultanate or something. Well, they they're they're nomadic uh, uh by and large, but they've got a large trade delegation. 
It, this sounds kind of more like it would be leaning toward caliphates or sultanates, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Does that sound right? Yeah. yeah. So he's a caliph. Kind of sort of Persian, Arabian, caliph. The caliph would be back home, I think. Mm-hmm. But Is he a vizier? Well, this again is just the captain of the district. Leadership for this group turning over quickly, depending on the... Yes. How the winds blow back at home. There's probably several tribes, and as this tribe picks up, they move up and take over leadership, and he's in the tribe of whoever the council member is. When a new tribe moves in, they replace the captain and stuff. That's great. (laughs) I like that. I'm looking through Arabic surnames to see if that'll give us a a hand. Pick a letter. J. (laughs) There are no J's. (laughs) But there's one with Amjad. Okay, that sounds good to me. Uh, It means more glorious in Arabic. Glorious. That works. A M J A D. Amjad. Amjad. Or is it of house or of clan Amjad or is it? We could go uh, Stilgar bin Amjad. Oh, there you go, bin Amjad. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. And they're using sort of son of to mean actually more like son of the tribe. Son of Amjad. So, so it's uh, Stilgar bin Amjad. Actually, we could go with bin or ibn. I would like to go ibn. You want to go ibn? Yeah. Okay. Stilgar im Amjad. Yeah. Okay. Therefore, then the counselor is what Ibn Amjad? A female type? That's what I was thinking. I was actually thinking female, yeah. We can go with, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this, S-A-H-I-B-A? Sahiba? Sahiba. Sahiba, yep. I'm good with that. Yep. Sahiba in Amjad. In Amjad. She has appointed her cousin and he is not to mess up. uh, Or suffer the family shell. So the land from which they come, which could be, I guess, the the caliphate, the uh, kingdom slash caliphate, what would we call that? Yeah, I was just kind of thinking of them as people of the dust. They could just come from an area that they call the dust. Mm-hmm. That's what they think of it as, is the dust. Most nomadic tribes probably just call it the desert or something, you know, it's not like they yeah. think of a real name for it or anything. Well, and maybe uh, outsiders on a map, when they draw a map of that region, they would call it like the caliphate of dust. Yeah. The caliphates of dust. Mm-hmm. Actually, there'd probably be multiple caliphates. So, like the caliphates of dust. That works. Now, the uh, more militant district. I'm thinking the Presidio. Ooh. Mm. Yep. That's a good word. Yes, it is. And you try to. Re- it was also the name of a film, if I recall. It was. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. the name. It's a Spanish fort. It's, I mean, that's the the term. Cool. Presidio comes from a Spanish fort. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call it that. The Presidio. And I'm looking for a good name for who? For, he's a general. Okay. The guy who runs the place is a general. Yeah, if he got appointed over here, he got a field commission or something, you know. Now, when you say a general, are you talking about the uh, the person on the council or the person who's the uh, in charge of the district? Probably one and the same. He's a real general. He was sent over here as the supreme commander of their forces. Yeah, that's the way it works. I mean, I would think, if anything, maybe instead of a, a single captain, he employs multiple people to work under yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, generals have a staff, um, you know. Yeah, so, slows down, but... So let's say, then, that instead of a single captain, he's actually appointed multiple people that, where it's, like, lieutenants or... Uh, yeah, he's, know, he's probably got... Like, got Colonel, major, uh, captain. Yeah, it, yeah typically. Uh, it, well, if you're following U.S. military, yeah. yeah. With it being a city right. level, though, I mean, you could do away with a couple of the ranks right. if it you want. It probably drops straight down to captain. He's a retired general. He probably okay. lost a leg or something. And is a... I'm thinking maybe he, uh, he appointed a captain and a couple of lieutenants right. that run the district, but he also takes a direct interest in it. Right. Okay. Do you want to start with his name? I'm thinking Thaddeus as a first name. 
Now, are we going slightly more Roman with these guys, or... Because uh, you started out with a Spanish name, so I was yeah, looking up Spanish. That's true. We, are, we, are we going Spanish? We can go Spanish. Well, they're all related. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Lorento? That's not bad. Thaddeus. Thaddeus Lorento? Yeah. Okay. Now, because you've got the captain and two lieutenants, do we need to name them? Uh, I think maybe we would name the captain but at, at most, but I don't think we need to name the lieutenants. The captain, in this case, is slightly less important than the others, narratively, because there are more people. But I think we could name him if we want to. Francisco. Hey, sure. Let's get <laughs> Captain Francisco something. Maduro. Francisco Maduro. Sure. Francisco Maduro. Francisco Maduro? Mm-hmm. Okay. M-E-D-U-R-O? Mm-hmm. What's, so the, the, uh, what's the kingdom called? The kingdom from which they hail. The Diamond Marches? Yeah, I can... The Diamond Marches sounds good. Okay. Were they the ones that, uh, yeah, they're the ones that bring bring back a bunch of uh, gems and such that they're enchanting, No, I right? thought it was the desert people. Oh. Was it more the desert people that had the gems, or uh, or am I? I thought, because they were doing the dragons and everything. John? Yeah, that's the dragon scales, kind of. Yeah. yeah, that's right. They're gem enchanters more yeah. than... Well, uh, but that doesn't mean that... We can still call it the diamond marches. I don't see yeah. there being a problem there. It's just, you know, they... Yeah. Which it just means that <laughs> maybe they're there. probably just diamonds are, are are probably more from this one area. Yeah, but all the other gems, the dust folk yeah. have. Yeah, the dust folk I don't see really dealing in a lot of diamonds. I see it more going back to my D and D days of colored gems, of colored scales, reds, blacks, greens. Right, and diamonds yeah. are mined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, very good. The diamond marches. I like that. The church district. Do we just want to call it the church district or? It's um, oh, maybe the cathedral, or I can see there being a cathedral. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be what something is like that. I, I multiple cathedrals, cathedral district. I just typed in church entrances, and Solomon's Colonnade came up, and I kind of like the colonnade. Uh, colonnade. How are you spelling that? C O L O. Oh, colonnade. C O L O N N A D E. Mm-hmm. That's it. The colonnade. Long sequence of columns joined by their entablature, mm-hmm. freestanding or part of a building. Maybe there are pillars along the streets. I can, see, yeah, I can see them calling it the Colonnade District and just having a lot of moats in there. Yeah, most of their storefronts have the two columns, you know, that are. Yeah, that's good. Which is really strange because now we're we're giving the Celts the <laughs> the columns, but that's okay. <laughs> we're, we're mixing things. It's all right. Sure. Colonnade District. The captain over that district in charge of security. What do we want to name him? Church title. Him or her. He might also be like a bishop. A primate? Primate, a primate is would... a chimp or a... No, yeah. no, no. There's a Latin title. It's a primate. No. That is true. It is a bishop. That is interesting. Yeah, you know, we could go with that. <laughs> I know, it's it's a little... It's Lord, but we could do that. Let me see. Yeah, it's like uh, Pope, Patriarchs, Major Archbishops, Cardinals, Primates... Metropolitans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In some cases, it refers only to the magisterium, the official teaching body of the church, Ooh. the bishops excluding deacons and presbyters. The magisterium. The magisterium is a good word, but uh, mm-hmm. I can't think of anywhere to apply it yet. <clears throat> we can call him the primate. Yep. Sure. <laughs> okay. It's just uh, it'll it's a little weird. We'll have but, everybody uh, do a double take. They'll be what? He's I know. <laughs> That's the only. Hey, yeah, we're teaching here, people. We're raising I, I don't know the discourse. Oh, there it is, primate. Yeah. That or the, uh, uh, we could call him the Metropolitan. That's not bad. that's another title. Because that's the, uh, Latin Rite Metropolitan is the bishop of the principal metropolitan see of an ecclesiastical province composed of several dioceses. I'd kind of prefer the Metropolitan now that I'm looking at it, if that's not too sure. strange. 
So he's the Metropolitan, although they consider him like a captain, basically, in the nuts and bolts of the council, but... Uh, the Metropolitan oversees the colonnades running. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> but uh, what is his name, his or her name? Oh, so it'd be something... Yeah, the Metropolitan XY. And now I start looking up Celtic names. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm looking up. I see here, I guess it's... I'm not sure again how, how it's pronounced. Newell? N-U-A-L-L? Noble or famous? Newell? Is that a first or a last name? Uh, it doesn't really say. It just says derived from Irish Newell. I, I think that's probably a, a first name then, actually. Morgan. How about uh, last name of Morgan? Works for me. Mm-hmm. Metropolitan Newell Morgan. And the counselor, who is, you know, is a lord uh, back home, thinks of himself as that. Actually, I'm liking the last name Griffith for some reason. Well, we got Nevin, which is Little Saint. Ooh, Nevin Griffith. Sure. Nevin Griffith. Lord Nevin Griffith. And I'm thinking for the kingdom, maybe something like Caraticus or Caractus. Ooh, yeah. Does Caraticus, does that sound decent? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is the name of the kingdom? Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Caraticus. Sure. Yeah, that's, the, that's the name of a, uh, a British warrior who fought against the Romans. Caraticus. Okay, now... This movement to go independent, do they call it something? Like, an independence movement would be fine. I just need to know what they would refer to it as. <laughs> is this where we want to use magisterium? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's... Uh, you know what? I know this is insane, almost. Mm-hmm. But I like the magisterium maybe as the name for the ruling body of the necromancer-led underworld. Okay, there you go. I like that, too, much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was too good a name to let go. <laughs> to let go. Yep. Agreed. All right. So we've got that used then. So this one is the name of the revolutionary movement or the... Yes. The people that want to break away from the home kingdoms and form their own independent city. City-state, maybe. The free states movement. Yeah. the Or yeah. the free state movement. The free state. They want to make it a single city-state. Yeah, I think the free state. Yeah. Okay. Because that's better than me coming up with... I'm just thinking United Nations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Free state movement. Good. The necroboss, the uh, necromancer who's in charge of the magisterium. What sort of title should we give that person? The lich lord? He may be a lich lord, which would be quite interesting, actually. Access denied. The bone lord, of course, that's been used. Uh, hmm. Or there's magus. Ooh, grand the high magus. magus? Grand magus? Yeah. Grand magus, I like that. Is that good? Yeah. Do we yeah. like that? means wise man. That's what Magus means. I, I think they would go with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Grand Magus. Do we want to actually name this person, or do we want to just leave it at the title? and Give him a title. Yeah, because he doesn't want his name ever. He's just Okay, so he's, he's only referred to as the Grand Magus, then. Yeah, because yeah, names okay. have power. Yep. All right. Okay, very good. <laughs> the GM. <laughs> yes, okay. he is the GM. That's right. The Elf Ambassador. Mm-hmm. What do we want to name him or her? The current one that shows up every now and then. Well, is he young? He's an elf. Who knows? Yeah. It's like, could be young, could be old. We don't know. That's the scary part about him. Himelder, H-I-M-E-L-D-I-R. That's interesting. That sounds slightly Germanic almost. Mm-hmm. Cold star, or young man. Dear, der is young man, and the Himmel is cold star. Is that a first name or a last name? Or both? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Does, yeah, does this person just go by the single name and that's it? Yes, I would think. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe these these elves only use one name. One name, yep. Maybe there's like a second name that's like a private name that correct, uh, like a family name. Yes, they don't tell exactly people. They don't tell exactly what I was thinking. Exactly, Himmelder. Okay, 
Because there will rarely be another Hemelder. <laughs> There's not many of us. I am the only Hemelder. What do we want to name the lead dwarf ambassador? Angus. <laughs> I like that. Angus is always good. Iron something. Iron. Angus iron something. Excellent. <laughs> iron hair. Iron bottom. Iron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do we want a part of the body? or is Iron <laughs> forge. Of course, that's been done. Uh, yeah. Iron or gold or copper. We just need to name a thing. So um, I think that's the formula, right? Yeah. Metal thing. Yeah, generally. So, I mean, iron is good. We need to figure iron out what it will be. Tongs. <laughs> iron. Getting closer. Hammer. Yeah. What's iron some? shaft. Ooh. Iron. <laughs> Come on. Uh, that would yeah. be great. <laughs> I was thinking Angus of like iron shaft. shaft, or like a shaft of a you know, warhammer or something. Yeah. No. No. no uh, totally. Uh, Angus human... iron shaft. Come on. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm afraid that... Uh, <laughs> you just have a dirty mind, gonna, Yes, that's, and so do our listeners. You know who you are. <laughs> How about but, iron ore, then? Iron ore? Or core. No, iron ore. Okay, core. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. It's not, yeah, it's not bad. It's not as good yeah. as iron shaft, but... <laughs> but, yeah, well... <laughs> What's the small iron beam holding like a castle or rook? Oh, um, iron castle, iron. Actually, iron castle might or iron work. hoof. There you go, iron hoof, iron chateau, iron acropolis, iron hoof, <laughs> iron, iron mansion, iron, iron, iron hold. Yeah, iron hold. Iron hold works. Iron hold yeah. works. Mm-hmm. You know what you can do, John Scooter. You can go on the wiki and say that they should have named the dwarf Iron Shaft. Iron Shaft. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he can't stop you there. See, the funny part is it's not a true wiki, though, so I can. <laughs> you can put it in iTunes review. <laughs> he can't touch that. Bad. Ironhold might be something in Battletech, possibly, but it's not very prominent from what I can tell here, so uh, it's probably okay. Oh, yeah, it's a type of battle armor. I don't think that'll be a problem, though. Okay. The, no, uh, we've got to do the big one. Not yet. Oh. We've got some, a few more things. The crazy orc shaman who's sitting out there on the island. Oh, yes. Uh, nice. Unless we just want to name him Hrothgar or something and just leave it at that. Something black eye. Black eye? Okay. Black eye would be a Graydon. Graydon black eye? Yeah. That sounds good, actually. Do we like that? Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. What is that? G-R-A-Y-D-O-N? Sure. Do we want the humans to worship this church? Does it primarily worship a single god or multiple gods? I would think multiple okay. in this day and Do we age. want to say that if they collectively worship a pantheon, I would think that maybe what we should name is not necessarily the god, but just something that they call the pantheon. I like mm-hmm. that, too. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like the Church of the Flaming Oneness, or whatever we're going to call it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting the Flaming Oneness. <laughs> so something like that, where it's like the Church of... The Bright Council? The Church of the Bright Council. I'm looking up words for council, actually, because bright is good. I like bright. The Bright Assembly. The Bright Host. Ooh, that's not good. I like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Sounds good. So the Human Gods Pantheon is referred to as the Bright Host. The host who knows when to refill your drinks. No, wait, wrong type of host. Okay, with the orc gods, is it the same kind of thing where these particular orcs are worshipping a pantheon, or are they devoted to a single deity? The orcs? Yes. A single deity. Okay. What is the name of the orc deity with whom they are trying to get in touch every hundred years? 
My current thinking is to maybe smash an Asian language into something, but... Z? Uh, yeah, because Zs are always bad people. Zs? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> Zachreg. Zachreg? Zachreg, yep. Z-A, what, K-R-E-G? G, yep. Good. We like Zachreg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Zachreg. Zachreg, yeah. He that's, probably... that's the German pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Zachary, do, do we want Zachary or Zachary? No, that's, that's Zachary. It's fine. Okay, this group of orcish and half-orcish assassins, do they have a name? Mm. Shadow Clan? The Claw. Okay. Or the Claw yeah. of Zachary? Yes, the Claw of Zachary, actually. Mm-hmm. I like oh, that. there you go. Zachary's Claw. See, we talked about there being Leviathans out in the sea. I think we can just leave them and just call them Leviathans and have done with it. That's probably fine. Uh-huh. Sure. What is the name of the island? Ooh. So the, it's going to be, the, the island's got to be something like an altar or uh, or, or that. Yeah. Well, it's probably an orcish name. I don't know if they would use the name of their god in it. They might. I mean, you know, Zachary's Hold or something. But the orcs probably would have named it, so it might be something like, could be a simple thing like Blood Isle or... Um, hmm. Zachary's Or a shrine, maybe something yeah. shrine. Ooh, Sanctorum. Oh, I like that. Sanctorum. Actually, Zakrig Sanctorum. Yeah. Actually, I think I like just calling the island the name of the island Sanctorum. Sanctorum. Okay. I think that would mm-hmm. be cool. You like that? Yeah. Yes, very much so. Okay, Sanctorum Island. Now the name of the continent. Ooh. And the name of the continent. We do not have to name the elf, dwarf, and orc kingdoms necessarily. That's Correct. a separate matter. Yeah, yeah. But we need to name the continent, so it's like, when the people back home say, we're sending them to the city of X on the continent of, what the continent of is. We're sending them. I'm thinking something with a G. Gs are good. Mm-hmm. The, uh, something with a G. Maybe something like Garizia. Garizia. Yeah. I'm not sure how we're spelling it yet. Maybe like G-H-A-R-I-S-I-A? Yeah. Does that, that sound works. okay? Yeah. Garizia. Yeah. Okay. We need to know the name of the city. Oh, boy. Yeah, and that'll probably also be the name of the setting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, here we go. You want to name it after, I mean, this is neutral ground, so there may be something in that. That's true. The Accords mm-hmm. land. I know it sounds strange, but we could just name the city Accord. I sort of like that. Something, yeah. Mm-hmm. The city of Accord. Do we like it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. This setting, we dub the Accord. Accord. Yay! There we are. Yay! And so, once again, this setting is open for use under the unported Creative Commons license, so feel free to use it in your games or in your fiction, whatever you like. (laughs) I have a recommendation for the series of podcast novels by Nathan Lowell that he is set in what he refers to as the Age of the Solar Clipper. Uh, The first one is, yeah, I know, it's it's interesting because it's a science fiction series, and it came up in my mind when we started talking about shares on the ships, Uh, Um, because this talks about a young man's experience joining this company that has this ship, and they go around and they trade items and goods and such, and it's not really an action adventure or anything like that, it's really more about just his coming-of-age experiences and getting into the workings of this ship and its goings-on, and it's actually very interesting the way he presents it to me anyway and the first novel is called quarter share and oh, uh, wow. i've been yeah, yeah and, and it, it goes up like that half share full share captain's share owner's share and i recommend it it's very good cool quarter share by nathan lowell check it out cool anyone else have recommendations i'll, I'll recommend giants have. in the playground oh is that the uh order the, the yeah, order of the stick is awesome mm-hmm. it's a really funny comic if you're into games
gaming, and it's got a lot of inside things for D&D, but I'd recommend going and checking that Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yes, very good. <laughs> I really like what they've been doing lately because a lot of the longer-term storylines are seeing fruition at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's paying off on a lot of things right now. Yeah, it's very cool. Cool. All right, cool. Well, Excellent. I... Scooter, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, Thank thanks, you for having John. Me. I appreciate you coming at such short notice. Yeah, that's uh, that very cool of you to dive in at the last minute like that. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I was looking forward to getting a chance to come on here. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will catch you folks next time. Yep. Uh, say goodbye, fellas. Goodbye. Good evening. Bye. <laughs> we are out. <laughs>